Respected elders and brothers, when a person purchases any gadget, any item, any appliance, then generally you will find at the time when you are unboxing that appliance, there will be an instruction manual which is found inside that appliance. And a person who is purchasing some heavy machinery or manufacturing equipment, not only will there be an instruction manual, but together with that, many a times the supplier will send an engineer to show you exactly how to operate that machinery. It's the way that you show to you in that instruction manual, or the way in which the company wants you to use that product, then you will find that they will tell you if it is not used in a certain way, then the guarantee is null and void. Some of them will be loved brothers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created you and I, insan, as the best of his creation. Ashraful makhlukat. The best of Allah's creation we are. And together with us being the best of Allah's creation, this amazing human being, which is this amazing machine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent down the divine scriptures, which are so to say instructional manuals for us, how to, how to live our lives. And not only that, together with these divine scriptures, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent the Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam to show us how to practically implement these divine scriptures which He, which he has sent. Now you and I, how fortunate are we that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made us ummatis of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That the great Nabi of the time, Musa Kareemullah, the one who had spoken to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, had once said, how I wish, how I wish I was an ummati of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is... The honor that we have been gifted, that we are ummatis of Nabi Akhirim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So if you look at us and what applies to us, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the divine scripture which he has revealed to us is the Quran Majid. That is our instruction manual. That is the guide for how we need to live our lives. And together with that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to show us how to practically implement the Qur'an al-Majid which he has sent down. So this is the fortune that we have. And what I would like to speak about is this same very Qur'an al-Majid which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with. And being blessed with this Qur'an, then certainly the Qur'an al-Majid has certain rights of us. Now that we are fortunate enough to be blessed with this divine scripture, then definitely it has certain rights over us which we ought to fulfill. So the first right which the Qur'an al-Majid has over us is that we have firm belief that the Qur'an al-Majid is absolutely true. That not every word but every letter is divine, is directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the Punjab province in India, there was once a shepherd who was illiterate, he couldn't read, he couldn't write. And after he had passed away, 
from his cover, from his grave, a beautiful fragrance would emanate. The people of that time were astonished that what action the simple person must have done, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed him with such an honor, that after he's passed away, his cover is given up a beautiful fragrance. So they went up to his respected wife, they asked her, tell us some special action your husband used to do, that Allah has blessed him with such an honor. So she said, he was an ordinary shepherd, nothing out of the ordinary, no long rakaf of nawafil, etc. He would fulfill his faraid, he would stand still from haram, do that which is permissible, but nothing out of the ordinary. And he had this one amazing action we would do every morning from the Fajr Salah. He would come home, then he would pick up the Mus'haf, the Qur'an Majeed, he would kiss it, he would open it, and now of course he was illiterate, he couldn't read. But he would pass his finger over each line, and he would say, Ya Allah, this is definitely true, this is definitely divine, and I believe in it 100%. And like that, he would make the Qatam of the Qur'an Majeed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved this action so much, able to read the Qur'an. But he had that firm yakin, that firm belief that it is 100% true. After he passes away, a beautiful fragrance then emanates from his cover. So this is the belief we need to have in the Qur'an. And that Allah billah, we should never ever entertain such thoughts or such statements that the Qur'an billah, is outdated or is applied to that time. Remember, when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came down, he came down as Imam al-Anbiya, Khatam al-Nabiyyin, he came down as the final prophet. There is no one to come after him. And the book which he had come with, which is the Qur'an in Majid, is still the day of Qiyamah. Because this is the final book, he was the final Nabi, this is the final book. So for every era, every time, every place, the Qur'an in Majid definitely applies. So this is the first right the Qur'an has over us, that we have firm belief in the Qur'an. And just look at the Qur'an in Ajib. Which other book opens with this line? If you look at the opening chapter, Surah Baqarah, Alif, Lam, Neem, Zalika al-Kitabu, there is no doubt in it. Tell me, beloved brother, which other book opens in such a way? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us completely free from any doubts, any faults, any mistakes. This book has absolutely no doubt in it. And then what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Immediately clearing any misconception that the Quran Majid is not a science book. The Quran Majid is not a storytelling book. But rather, what is the Quran Majid? It is a guidance, it is a light, it is a direction for those who are seeking to gain the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For those who are seeking to get the marifat, the love, the definition, for those who are the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens this Mubarak book, there is no doubt in it, it is absolutely true. So this is the first right which the Quran has over us, that we have firm belief in the Quran, that it is definitely divine, it is definitely from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you look at the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, then you will find there are not many lengthy bayans being given. You won't find in the books of Ahadith when Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave lengthy, lengthy bayans. But rather the bayan for the Sahaba was the Qur'an itself. The bayan for the Sahaba was the Qur'an itself. They would read those few ayat of the Qur'an. Automatically it would have such an effect on their hearts that that was a bayan for them. 
That was the catalyst of change within them. That's why we find, if you look at the five daily salah, Fajr salah is a lengthy portion recited. Because a person then takes a lengthy portion, he absorbs it, and then he ponders over it throughout the day. Then again, we look at the Maghrib salah. It is a short salah. A person comes from Maghrib, then he goes going back to his family. A short message is given for you to ponder. Again comes the Isha salah, slightly lengthened. Again, he has something to ponder over for the night. These are all the beautiful hikmah which Islam has given. We don't realize it, but it is for us to ponder, for us to appreciate this nehmat of the Qur'an al-Majeeb. Then the second right is that we have intense love and attachment for the Qur'an al-Majeeb. We have intense love and attachment for the Qur'an al-Majeeb. Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu anhu, he was known for his intense love for the Qur'an. And he would often say, if hearts were pure, they would never be saturated with the tilawat of the Qur'an al-Majeeb. Meaning they would never get enough of this great book. That's how beautiful, how magnificent the Qur'an al-Majeeb is. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him with such an honor. Obviously the compilation of the Qur'an al-Majeeb had started from the time of Abu Bakr radiallahu anh into the time of Umar radiallahu anh. But then when it was formalized into the seven different qira'ah and this mushaf was sent around the Muslim ummah, it happened in the time of Uthman bin Affan radiallahu anh. Possibly it was due to the great love we had for the Qur'an al-Majeeb. And then, not only that, the way you live, that is the way in which you will die. Uthman radiallahu anh had intense love for the Qur'an. Just to put you in perspective, every single night, this was not Ramadan, every single night of the year, Uthman radiallahu anh would complete one Qur'an in one rakat. One Qur'an in one rakat every single night of the year. This was his practice. So then we find Uthman radiallahu anh having this great love for the Qur'an al-Majeeb. When he passes away, look how he passes away. Why is he reciting the Qur'an al-Majeeb? He is martyred in his home in Madinah Munawwara. Why is he reciting? Those who are around him say that that same page in which he was reciting had his blood which was spilt on it. So look at the ultimate, Asunayi in Madinah Munawwara, as a shaheed, while reciting the Qur'an in Majeeb. So this is it, that you have that love for the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also bless you with a beautiful death. Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullah alayhi, if you look at his practice, every day of the year one Qur'an, and in the month of Ramadan, 60 Qur'ans. One Qur'an by day, one Qur'an by night. This was the love they had for the Qur'an in Majeeb. A person may ask, that how do we find the time? Remember, when you dedicate yourself to something, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants you barakat in time. He stretches that time out for you. For example, a person says, every day I'm going to take out half an hour to read the Qur'an. Maybe the first day he might read one para, half para. But as time goes, you'll find in that same half an hour he's reading two paras. This is called barakat. When you make that firm determination, I will do it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you to do it. So this is that love and attachment which we need to have for the Qur'an in Majeeb. Now the question is, how do we increase our love for the Qur'an? How do we increase our love, our attachment to the Qur'an in Majeeb? So the first thing we need to do is, we need the virtues and the fazilat of the Qur'an. A person reads that if I read Arif, I get 10 rewards. Naam, 10 rewards. Meem, 10 rewards. Just by reciting Arif, Naam, Meem, 
So now automatically a person concentrates himself. If I decide so much, this will be my reward. If I decide so many ayah in the night, this is what I will be saved from. So automatically as he's reading the virtues, he thunders over it, the Yaqeen goes up in him, and automatically he gains a greater attachment to the Qur'an. Then the second thing a person can do is that you make that determination, I will attach myself to the Qur'an. You say every day I will take up so much time and make that time for the Qur'an in Majid. You see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help you. And the third thing we can do to gain this love and attachment from the Qur'an is we pick up our hands and we say, Ya Allah, this divine book is from you. We ought to love it. It has a right over us. We want to attach ourselves to it. You help us to do that. You're begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to attach you to that which is directly from Him. You think He will not help you? Definitely He will help you. In one hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, إِنَّكُمْ لَا تَرْجِعُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ بِشَيْءٍ أَخْضَلَ مِمَّا خَرَجَ مِنْهُ يَعْنِ الْقُرْآنِ That you can never gain the Qur'an of Allah with anything more that has come directly from Him. يَعْنِ That is the Qur'an in Jesus. So this is the great book we have. Person might ask, why am I speaking on the Quran in Ajib now? The month of Ramadan is over. Because the Quran is not restricted to the month of Ramadan. Now is the test. Ramadan is easy. The shayateen are locked up. And automatically everyone is in the environment of reciting the Quran. But now let us ask ourselves, myself included, since the month of Ramadan has finished, how much of attachment do we have to the Quran in Ajib? So this is that thing that, let's give that attachment, that love to the Qur'an. And as I say, this is the second right which the Qur'an has over us, that we have intense love for the Qur'an in Ajib. Then the third, that we show intense respect for the Qur'an. We show intense respect for the Qur'an. In the ayat I decided in the beginning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنِ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُمْ وَأَنْسِتُوا لَعَلَّكُمْ تَرْحَمُونَ That when the Qur'an of Ajib is recited, then listen carefully, listen attentively, remain silent so that perhaps you will be shown mercy. So this is, now how do we apply this? For example, if the Qur'an of Ajib is being played on silent, it mustn't be such the Qur'an is playing in the background, we are having a casual conversation. This is disrespect to the Qur'an in Ajib. So when the Qur'an is being recited, we listen attentively. I don't think that I don't understand the meaning is not having an effect on me. Definitely it is having some effect on you. It is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, definitely it will have an effect on you. So therefore the importance of showing that respect, one is when the Qur'an is recited, then how we handle the Mus'haf, how we handle the Qur'an in Majeed. Ikrima radiallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala gives hidayat. Ikrima radiallahu an was the son of Abu Jahl. You could say the greatest kafir of this ummah, Abu Jahl. He had fought in every battle, Ikrimah had fought in every battle against the Muslims, right, right up until Fatwa Makkah. That after Fatwa Makkah, when the winds of Hidayat blew from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then not even Ikrimah was spared. That same Ikrimah who had martyred so many Muslims, then takes the shahada, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, wa ashhadu anna Muhammad al-Rasulullah, and then he becomes a Muslim. And then he uses that same skill Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him with, to fight against the disbelievers until he is martyred. Many of you know the famous incident of those three sahaba, someone came and gave water to one, and then he said, no, give it to my friend. And again, Ikrimah was one of those. 
That's why it's like saying Ikrimah radiallahu anhu. So if he would hold the mushaf, he would kiss it, he would put it on his head, and he would say, this is the divine book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Such respect he would show to it. Then it's very important that we teach our family members as well how to handle the Qur'an, how to uh, respect it. When we read in the Qur'an in Najib, we cleanse our mind, there's no foul order, we apply atta, we... Uh, you know, the most presentable way we try and read the Quran in Majid to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Such important things these are that we have the respect of Allah, Badri Alam, Rahmatullah Ali. Many of you might have heard his name, some of you might not have. He was a great saint from India who had resided in Medina Munawwara. He emigrated to Medina Munawwara. And after Badri Alam, Rahmatullah Ali had passed away in Medina Munawwara, he was buried in Jannatul Baqi. Anyway, the habit in Jannatul Baqi is such that after six months they recycle the graves. Then it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has so quickly because you will know that how many people are buried on a daily basis in Jannatul Baqi. So it is the beauty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it such those graves will be recycled quickly. So after six months, as is the habit, they open the grave of Mana Badri Alam Rahmatullah Ali only to find that not only is his body completely intact, but his stuffing is also completely intact. They close his cover as later again. They open his cover only to find the body and the kafan in the exact same state. Completely fresh as though the day they are buried. Again they wait another six months. Now one and a half years later they open his cover. And again they find his body and kafan in the exact same state. The authorities then close up their cover and they said that no one will be buried here in future. Now the ulama of that area, again they want to know, okay, we understand this person was a very pious person. But sometimes there is one action Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves very greatly, and it gives the person such honor. So they go to his son, they ask his son that we know your father was a pious man, but tell us some action you have done that Allah had blessed him with such an honor. So he says you have this one outstanding action, that... Even that child who was learning the Qur'an in Majid, or who had parts of the Qur'an in Majid in his heart, or he was a half of the Qur'an, 10 living year old child, my father would not even stretch his legs in that direction. He would say that, how can I stretch my legs in the direction of the young boy who has the Qur'an in Majid in his heart? This was the level of respect he had for the Qur'an. And then look how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses him with residency in Madina Munawwara. Jet in Madinah Tayyibah, Dariyan in Jannatul Baqi, close to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sahaba. And not only that, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala kept his cover completely, kept his body completely intact and flesh. So this is that respect we need to bring in our lives for the Qur'an Majid. So this was the third right we had dis- discussed, the importance of having that intense respect for the Qur'an Majid. The fact right which the Qur'an has over us is that we make tilawat of the Qur'an Majid. In the Ottoman Hadith I recited to you, Alayka bi tilawat al-Qur'an. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, hold, hold firmly, hold firmly to the recitation of the Qur'an Majid. فَذُلْنَهَا نُورُ لَكَ فِي الْأَرْضِ For verily it is a light for you in this earth. Person might ask, what you mean by light? What is a physical light? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless you with nur on your face. But not only that, it will be a divine light. That as you are living your life, the divine light will tell you, do this, don't do this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide you through the recitation of the Qur'an in Majid. And not only that, look at the mercy of Allah. فَإِنَّهُ نُورٌ لَكَ فِي الْأَرْضِ لَكَ فِي السَّمَاءِ And a treasure which has been stored for you in the heavens. Meaning when you leave this world, when you think suddenly, how am I getting so many rewards? How am I climbing the different levels of Jannah? It was due to this recitation of the Qur'an in Majid. Just on this point of understanding the Qur'an in Majid, 
Imam Ahmad bin Hassan of the Hanbali Madhab. On one occasion he has a dream. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses him in his dream. He sees Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that what action will bring me closest to you? What action will bring me closest to you? The reply comes, Tilawat of the Quran in Allah, then again we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with understanding, without understanding. Both. The reply seems that both. Whether you understand it or you don't understand it, confirm you to the tilawat of the Qur'an Majid. So definitely you are getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In one hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Inna That verily for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are his family amongst the people. Meaning amongst the people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has certain selected slaves who are considered to be the family of Allah. Imagine what an honor. We find it an honor that I am a family of so and so pious person. But here you are called the family of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sahaba radiallahu anhu asked, man hum ya Rasulullah. That who are these people, O Rasulullah? Who are these family of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ahlul Quran and Ahlullah wa khasatu. They are the people of the Quran in Majid. They are the family of Allah. You know, often we hear, you must keep the company of the Ahlullah. Here in this hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is showing us who are the Ahlullah. They are those who are attached to the Quran in Majid. They are the family of Allah, the Khasratu, his special servants. Those who are attached to the Quran in Majid. So let us bring this tilawat, this attachment to the Quran in Majid. One of the best forms of zikr is the tilawat of the Quran in Majid. One of the best ones, we always hear, one of zikrullah ya akbar. That, the zikr of Allah is the greatest. And what is one of the best forms of zikr? Is making the tilawat of the Qur'an in Majid. So this is the first light which the Qur'an has over us. Is that we take our time to make tilawat of the Qur'an daily. Then the first light which the Qur'an has over us, and we could say the most important light which the Qur'an has over us, is that we make amal on the Qur'an in Majid. We practice on the Qur'an in Majid. And beloved brothers, one of the easiest ways to practice on the Qur'an in Majid is follow the sunnah of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And as I had mentioned in the beginning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given this Qur'an in Majid as an instruction manual. And together with that instruction manual, He sent Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to show us how to make amal on the Qur'an in Majid. So let us bring the sunnah totally into our lives. Let us bring the sunnah totally into our lives. In one hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Man ahabba sunnati faqada ahabbani. The one, look at the words, very careful. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the one who follows my sunnah. The one who loves my sunnah. Man ahabba sunnati faqada ahabbani. Then certainly he has loved me. وَمَنْ أَحَبَّنِي كَانَ مَعِي فِي الْجَنَّةِ And the one who loves me will be with me in Jannah. An easy recipe to get into Jannah. Love the Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Make it part of your life when you gain the companionship of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the next world. Allah Sallallahu says, when we heard the following hadith, الْمَرْءُ نَعَمَنْ أَحَبَّهِ Then a man will be with the one who will love in the next world. He said, we took great solace from this. Because we knew our love for Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was unquestionable. There was no doubt in our love for Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So as I say, the best way to be amal, to make amal on the Qur'an al-Majeed is bring the sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam into our lives. Then, another important point of making amal on the Qur'an al-Majeed is stay away from all doubtful things. 
The Quran Majid has shown us what is correct. The Hadith Sharif has shown us what is correct, what is incorrect. What is halal, what is haram. In between these two is a doubtful area. So stay away from this doubtful area. This is so, so important that we stay away from anything which is doubtful. Remember the Quran is clear cut. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said is halal. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Yamhaqullahi riba wa yurbi sadaqat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wipes out interest. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obliterates interest. Wa yurbi sadaqat and he multiplies sadaqat. So now we have the yaqeen. But the Quran is telling us stay away from interest, we stay away from all types of interest. This is what it means that we make amal on the Quran in Majeed, the teachings of the Quran in Majeed. So this is the right which the Quran has over us, that we make amal and we practice on the Quran. And as I said, two things we can do. Conform to the Sunnah and follow the Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Do that which is halal, stay away from that which is haram. And make sure we don't fall into any doubtful areas. In this way, it will become easy for us to make amal on the Quran in Majeed. And the last right which the Quran has over us, the Hadith Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, خَيْرُكُمْ مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنَ وَعَلَّمَ The best of the one who learns the Quran and teaches the Quran. And in another Hadith Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ أَوْ أَلَّمَ The one who learns the Quran in Majid, or he teaches it. So let us get involved in some learning or teaching of the Quran in Majid. And it's simple way I'll give you all. For example, you'll have come now from the Jinnah. Make that intention that, Ya Allah, I'm coming to learn some message of the Quran. Automatically, you're falling under the ambit of that person who's learning some message of the Quran. Or, when you go home, you pass some message on to your families. With this in mind, that I'm passing on the message of the Quran in Majid. Inshallah, you'll fall under the ambit of this hadith. Together with that, our local madrasas, our maktabs, etc. We try and fall with this great work of cover up these madaris. We try and give our time. We try and financially help them. Some form of teaching or learning the Quran in Majid. And it is never too late. Many of us might say that we do not know how to recite the Quran. You are saying, make the out of the Quran. But you taking out that time, 15, 20 minutes every day, speak to the local army, the local alim. They come and teach me some form of the Quran. Teach me how to recite the Quran in Majid. In that, definitely be the best of my ummah is the one who learns and teaches the Quran. So just to conclude, the six rights which the Quran has over us, one is we have firm belief that it is definitely true, it is divine, it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number two, we have intense love and attachment to the Quran. Number three, we have intense respect for the Quran and we learn how to respect the Quran in the Number four, we take our time daily to make tirawat of the Quran in the Number five, we make aman on the Quran and the last, we get involved in some learning or teaching of the Quran in Majid. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana ala jihim wa dinna wa rabbil alayhi.
يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد هدك ورسوله وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وازواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في معنى الحديث ارحم امتي بامتي ابو بكر واشدهم في امر الله عمر واصدقهم حياء عثمان واقضاهم علي رضوان الله تعالى عليهم وعن كل الصحابه اجمعين اللهم انصر الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم اعز الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم واجعلنا منهم ربنا اتنا في الدنيا حسنه وفي الاخره حسنه وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعدكم لعلكم تذكرون وقال تعالى فاذكروني انتركم واشكروني ولا تكفرون اقيموا الصلاه Come forward, brother, and show that yourself are straight, filling all the gaps. Allah'u Ekber 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 Allah'u Ekber